Anissa left the crowded bus on the outskirts of a small village in southern Afghanistan. There were no lights in the houses, and at this hour she could see only inches beyond her face. Silence reigned on every street. Cautiously, she groped her way down the rutted dirt road until she saw a single candle burning in the window of a small house. She approached the open door and rapped on the door jamb. When no one answered, she entered. She was able to make out the shrouded figure of a man seated on the earthen floor. The prison? How much farther on this road? Too far to walk. Can you take me there? What business do you have at Dalmangan? It is a foul place. They tell me my... My husband is being held there, and I must see him. The man stood up and took the candle from the sill. He held the flame close to her face. What kind of woman walks the streets alone at night and without a veil? A wife whose husband is to be hanged. But a man stays in Dalmagan until he rots. Even here you can smell the stench. They are taking him to Kabul. Ah, he must be very important. A public hanging in the square. It won't be long before the Taliban controls Kabul, and it will be a daily occurrence. They now have Kandahar. When they come, order will be restored. We can live in peace. Please, I haven't much time. The man eyed Anissa with mistrust. I have money to pay. Wait here. He folded his faded rags around him and moved out the door. Anissa stood in the flickering light, her hands together in prayer. Please, Allah, deliver me to Najib in time. The man did not come back. Apprehensively, she looked around the room with its soot-blackened walls. A cracked teacup on the window ledge by the candle was the only sign it was a home. Come. A runny-nosed and barefoot boy stuck his head in the doorway. It was bitter cold outside, and it depressed Anissa that the boy had no shoes. How easily she had forgotten how desperate things were in her homeland. She followed the light of his candle to where the hooded figure stood in the road holding an ancient bicycle. He patted the bars in front of the seat. Here. You sit here. I know how to ride. I will go alone. I am not such a large fool that I give you my bicycle. I ride with it. I have money. You will need every coin if you hope to bribe the guards. The price to go inside the prison is high. But will I be able to see him? Why not? Like everyone else, they have their prize. The ride was bumpy and hurt Anissa's backside. Each time they hit a hole in the road, the iron bars beneath her bruised her tailbone. In the darkness, one had to trust Allah that the road ahead was clear. Her companion said nothing. The only sound between them was the creaking of the rusty chain that turned the wheels. Anissa remembered the new bicycle her father had given Ramin one December morning of Ramadan. It was sleek and black and had come all the way from England. Her brother had learned how to balance it by holding onto the garden walls. Let me try, she said. You are a girl. Najib, who sat on the patio steps watching them, had crossed over to her. 
I will hold it up for Anissa if she can reach the pedals. Strange, after all these years to remember this, she could not have been more than six at the time. Suddenly the bicycle stopped, throwing Anissa against the handlebars. What is it? This is as far as I go. Dawn was approaching, and a faint glimmer of light pierced their path. He pointed to a bend in the road. The prison is less than half a mile beyond. I want nothing to do with Dalmangan. It is not wise to be seen near there. A mournful note suddenly sounded above their heads as a flock of black-breasted cranes traversed the sky, stretched out in a long array. The sound of the graceful birds was full of pain and sorrow, a dolorous melody in the stillness of early morning.